Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Logan Hamilton and Nicole Walsh, who are both educators in the Geneseo, Illinois School District, about the current state of art education. Welcome, Logan and Nicole. Thank you. Good Thanks for having us. Now, schools are reopening soon for the fall semester, and so it's the perfect time to talk about how we shape our future artists. What age groups are you working with right now in Geneseo? I am working with K-5 through Elementary at Milliken. And uh, I teach uh, seventh grade art, and this year we have our first eighth grade art class going. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to cover today at least elementary through eighth grade. And let's go over first just the variety of classes that fall under the arts umbrella, because when people think of arts, sometimes they think of, I think, just the visual arts. Uh, but there's so much more to it than that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, our, our district is, is really great at, at supporting the arts, and, and we got a lot of great opportunities for our students with with all these different areas and, uh, you know, with, with our band programs and, and the fantastic uh, theater clubs that we have up at the high school. We've, we've got them all pretty well covered, and uh, we do some things a little bit differently with some of our programs that other, other schools don't that I think makes us pretty special that uh, well, I'm excited to teach there. It's pretty great. So the arts... <clears throat> You you had mentioned a band and theater, but it also covers, um, you know, choirs, Mm -hmm. um, orchestra, uh, dance. So there's so many components, really, to the arts. Uh, And there are many skills that classes in the arts teach you that may not be recognized. And and you, Logan, um, we spoke earlier, you really champion the fact that an education in the arts teaches your students critical thinking skills. Yeah, I mean, really, a lot of times people think, when they think of us as our teachers, like, ah, well, you guys teach your kids how to draw, you teach them how to paint, you teach them how to play with clay. And, And really what we're doing is, we're teaching our students how to be learners and how to be critical thinkers. That's that's what we're producing, and 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 for us, we have the the extra bonus of being able to do that with art as our medium, in order to teach them how to overcome adversity, how to come up with a solution to a difficult problem as they're creating their artwork, and really think for themselves. Mm-hmm. Something beyond just "Hey, I made this beautiful painting." Well what happened while you were making it. That's what really what's important, too. Mm-hmm. Nicole, what do you find <laughs> in, with the elementary age group? Um, along with critical thinking, um, my students, you know, if they mess up, they generally want to start over right away. And that's not an option most of the times when we're far into the project. So if they rip their paper, they'll say, Mrs. Walsh, you know, what do I do? And instead of giving them an answer, I try to answer with a question like, well, what are your options? And sometimes they're pretty harebrained. Uh, But then we come to a a logical conclusion like, hey, let's put a piece of tape on it. And generally they stick it on the front and we have a conversation about that. And um, so there's, there's a lot of problem solving and I try to have them pull their classmates or a partner. I don't have all the answers, and I will tell them that because each student that walks through my room will have a different solution, and some of them 
will be, you know, what I have come up with, but most of the time they have something much more novel. So there's some really collaboration almost even in that early age group yes. that you're working with. Yes, even with the youngest kids. Yeah, and I mean, in, in that gets them working with us one-on-one as a teacher helps uh, foster that idea that, you know, artists do collaborate. Mm-hmm. And so as they grow older, you know, we want them to collaborate with each other and collaborate with other artists out in the community when they become practicing artists. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about music performance and then theater. There's so much memorization that has to go on. So that's even something else. And just, just that, just the act of being up on stage, the courage that it takes to face an audience that has to help people later on with public speaking, um, being in leadership roles, that type of thing. I'm, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, certainly. And, and, you know, when I was growing up, I was in in band from sixth grade all the way up through college. And so, yeah, I can attest to those completely different skill sets that I learned in those, um, you know, really helping foster my ability as I I grew older to be able to creatively think and and create artworks and then transfer wonderfully over to the 2D Mm -hmm. for me. What is your own personal background in the arts? Since you're art educators, I'm imagining that uh, you're artists yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had always been really involved with clay, and uh, when I when I graduated from uh, Eastern Illinois University, there wasn't any teaching jobs open yet, and so I actually had a, a, a clay studio called uh, Chicken Scratch Pottery in Marshall, Illinois. I had a <laughs> had a, a historical building on the downtown drag, and I was one of those. Uh, picturesque things where I got to throw my dog in the back of the truck every day and we went to the studio, threw on the pottery wheel, people came in, bought her stuff and and that was it. And uh, yeah, I still do a lot of pottery and I have some stuff uh, for sale at Smith Studio and Gallery in, uh, in Geneseo. Are you able to teach that in the schools? Yeah, I, I um, yeah, we, we, um, we do do some uh, some clay units, and um, it's always fun to be able to really share that that one special material that is your true passion with your students. Mm-hmm. And uh, kids love squishing clay, so yeah. It's, do they it's have great. a wheel? Do you have a wheel, or are they doing um, handmade? We're doing a lot of hand building. Products. Yeah, we do hand building at the middle school. The the high school has a quite a few number of, of clay wheels, and they have a developing ceramics program up there. So yeah. What about you, Nicole? I'm a dappler. I like to do anything that comes my way. Um, I like working with mosaics. Um, my background when I was in college was in fiber. So lots of weaving, um, and fabric design with batik. Um, I also enjoy working with clay and hand building as, as well. Mm-hmm. Fiber art seems really to be on the rise. I am seeing so much more of it recently. Yes. Yarn bombing, uh, a few teachers and I yarn bombed all of our trees in our courtyard. We have an interior courtyard at our school. At, at your elementary school? Uh-huh. And so we've, true, we worked on uh, weavings and crochet and yarn bombed those. I also helped out with uh, the Augustana um, yarn bombing that they did just within the last two years. Yeah, that was two years ago this fall. And they, they've recently relocated that. I just saw mm-hmm. it the other day. It's It kind of graces this exterior uh, wall outside. I think it's the Abbey House yes. on the Agustana College campus. So it's still there for people who miss seeing those bright, vibrant, yarn-colored, uh, covered mm-hmm. trees. You can still find it on the Agustana College And the campus. figgy is still covered with them up front. Mm-hmm. What are some of the unique challenges that educators in the arts are facing now? Getting the students to slow down. Uh, we're, you know, 
it's no secret that we're in an era where we have so many resources at our fingertips so quickly. And we have this ability to, to get an answer very quickly. And so when, when our students are presented with adversity, they want to know, how do I fix it now? And getting them to realize that, hey, failure is, is part of the learning process. Failure is just your first attempt in learning, if you were to use it as an acronym. And getting them used to this idea that, hey, you may not be able to fix this problem for you know five, ten steps from now. And it's okay because you're learning. And that's what I'm teaching you how to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, that, that need to be able to go, boom. What's the answer? Do this now. I want it now. What what do I do? That's tough. Yeah, I spoke earlier uh, with Dr. John Fouts. He teaches at Augustana College, and they've founded a center for creativity. And I think that's something that he alluded to, too, that their students, they really do sometimes need to fail. Like, you learn a lot from failure. And, um, you know, we have huge successes in the arts, but you struggle. Like, I'm sure you, you don't make a perfect product or play. You certainly don't play an instrument well at the beginning. There's a lot of struggle that's inherent in that. And so there is value and there's value in that. Along with that, um, for those students to fail successfully, you have to build trust. There has to be um, a learning community that is formed between the students and the teacher. Um, When you try to help a student fix their problem, if they don't have trust in the leader, then they are not willing to take those same risks. So just from day one, it's so important to foster that learning community. It is okay to make mistakes. It is okay to, you know, have bad days in the, in your production. Mm-hmm. And getting them, <clears throat> excuse me, used to, to seeing that when they're with their peers as well. Cause it's mm-hmm. one thing to, to, to struggle along with your teacher in the eyes of your teacher, but it's another when you have a friend sitting next to you that makes you want to hurry up and and fix it all the more quickly. So really fostering those students in a community with each other, you know, in in their tables, functioning as a small artist group is something that we work on heavily as well. And they often give themselves each other way better ideas than we could ever dream of doing because (laughs) they're right on the same brainwave, you know. Do you think there's a problem with the arts not being perceived as as, a, as worthy classes? You know, despite all the things that we've talked about, are are they more frequently eliminated when a school district is facing budget cuts? I mean, you hear that a lot. Um, Geneseo, we've never experienced that mm-hmm. because it's it is a, a community that has always really embraced all forms of the arts. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even. In the sense that we just they finished a, a major performing and visual arts update to the high school to really encourage that, and uh, so we we've never experienced that. We've we've heard the horror stories. So that's that's great. Is there a way that the teachers in Geneseo, since it's a smaller district, is there a way that an elementary art teacher and a middle school uh, and then a high school teacher did did they talk with each other about about the the progression in, in coursework and and what students are exposed to? Is there does that go on? Yes, we have a great camaraderie. Uh, there's five of us that uh, teach art in Geneseo, and we are usually given time to work together. We also use a program called Atlas. That's an online. Um, Curriculum database. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Curriculum database. 
and uh, we are able to make sure our lessons are scaffolded and that we are teaching the certain you know disciplines at different times so uh, that kindergarten is making this building the skills that that they need but it's also repeated again in first grade and second grade but just adding that depth and breadth and that goes all the way through high school mm-hmm. and that's great to hear about because you know when I think just conceptually about about a topic like math it's it's really it would be really easy to say okay everybody needs to learn how to do long division and multiplication and and algebra and geometry and and you can measure that but it's harder to measure progress um, in the arts and so how do how do standards get created and, and what kind of standards are are out there for art educators like yourself Illinois's got a, a- a pretty good set of standards. I've, I've always been pleased with them. I remember, I can't remember when they were formulated, but I remember when the emails went out asking those of us who are in the Illinois Art Education Association, hey, which of you would like to help write these? Which of you would like to help pilot them? And that's cool because, you know, when they were getting created, they they enlisted the teachers to help. It wasn't something that was just handed down. And, uh, when they came out with the those those core standards, it was stuff that we we already we already do, and it was nice to put it on paper to make sure that we're all doing those. Such as Nicole's better at listing them off oh. the top of her head. <laughs> well, there's four anchor standards: creating, uh, reflecting, presenting, and responding. Yeah. So with the creating, getting the students used to, um, you know identifying an idea, developing it, and executing it, um, with, uh, with presenting, you know, preparing it, um, for display, choosing where it's going to be displayed, targeting the audience that it should be displayed for and how it impacts that audience or how, how the location of the artwork impacts, how that artwork is perceived. Um, you know, the reflecting, you know, we were always pushing our students from the start to, to think back on what, what they had completed. Hey, how did this go? Why, why did you choose, to say this in your artwork, how did you achieve that? What would you do differently? How will you continue with this idea? Do you want to develop a series? You know, where are you going to go with this? So we more or less just made, took everything that all these great teachers in our state do and made them into these more concise standards that we can all, all follow. So, mm-hmm. so it's kind of process based mm-hmm. really than, than product based. So you all are, are aware of those four components kind of as you're right. teaching. It sounds, it sounds like. Yeah. And it, and it makes it a lot easier to s- slip in and out of them because you may not target a specific one of those standards. Um, but you may still dip into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the old standards for elementary. Those were, those are pretty wild. I remember they, it was more specific, process and material based, you know, students will use this material. Students will complete a weaving, do this, you know, and it's, it's opened it up because now that allows us as the teachers to, to gauge our demographic a lot better and teach to them and their needs with these more overarching umbrella goals and, and reach them better. So it sounds like they have a really set uh, plan. And I was, uh, surprised to find out that each state differs and that, and that Iowa, you know, we, we live in a community that straddles two states, Iowa and Illinois. Iowa just enacted a, a voluntary um, fine arts standard just recently, uh, last two years ago in 2017. Mm-hmm. So it does vary from community to community. We all hear about the escalating requirements that teachers face to document, you know, and then to comply with mandated standards for school education. Have those benchmarks impacted your work? Does it make it more difficult or does it make it easier for you to do your job? 
I haven't really felt it. I mean, with with our new school report cards, I know that there is a uh, a component coming up to it uh, that that involves the arts. I think, I think it has to do with how many arts are actually just provided for the students at that school. So, but it's not like benchmarks in the sense that a math teacher has to reach for us. I mean, that doesn't really impact us that greatly. Um, yeah. So that's good to hear. Yeah. That's yes. good to hear because somebody, for somebody who's not in education, I worry about that because we seem to, to hear about it, at least in, through the media, a little bit right. more. Well, I mean, but, I mean, we have our own that we're constantly gauging throughout the day and throughout the year with each of our kids interdistrictly. I mean, that, that's what Geneseo is really great at is is promoting their teachers' growth, promoting the teachers' uh, discipline growth, and, of course, the students' growth. You know, I, I have... <laughs> at least two or three meetings per year with my principal that are not evaluation-based, but instead like, hey, what growth goals do you have set for your students and your program? How are you achieving them? How will you know when you achieve them? How's it coming? Mm-hmm. And so Geneseo fosters that really wonderfully, and, and it helps. It, it really does. Illinois is such a big state, and there's such a, you know, um, there's such a marked contrast between, between the large Chicago urban area and rural areas. Do you think there's an urban-rural divide in the arts at all? Is it is it more challenging for, for students to obtain a, you know, a rich artistic um, education if they come from a smaller community? I know we're very blessed in Geneseo having full support of our administration and our community. Um, I, I don't know that I can really speak to some of those larger areas. I suppose if they, you know, have in the budget to have an art teacher, that given the, the standards that we have, they wouldn't be at a disservice. But Yeah, I mean, it, it, it comes down to the teacher, I think, too. I mean, sure. we can do a lot with a little. <laughs> you know, that's what us art teachers are great at. And, and you can make a lot of beautiful things and, and really foster creative thinking with very little. So, you know, I, I've been in those districts where cash is strapped. I, I started my career in um, teaching elementary art in Paris, Illinois. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, There's a little pause there. I said Paris before you added in Illinois. I like to get people a little excited before I break the news. No. Um, but uh, no, in, in that district, they hadn't had an elementary art teacher for 30 years before I came. It was all grant-funded and volunteer-based, and I think they maybe had art once once a week, if that, but mostly it was the, the classroom teachers doing it. And uh, when that program finally flew, we had... I covered two schools. Each school had 300 kids. We had just just a little over 600 kids total on 300 bucks. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and, and we walked into a room that had that was an empty room, but you know, I had a great principal. They they set us up with some equipment and some tables, and we had a my uh, my supplies fit in a double door cabinet. And <laughs> but we we did a lot. We so did a lot. If with you're people. creative, you can get get away. You can accomplish a lot with with with. Somewhat limited resources. Yeah, and that's what we're teaching our kids to do too. Was there an educator in your life that uh, that played a pivotal role for for you at all? Oh goodness, I think all of my art teachers have been fabulous. I know at the elementary level, Mrs. Hirsch um, in Bettendorf, and she's now since retired. She was always my my role model and the person I went back to. And and Mr. Lennon at the Bettendorf Middle School, he's still teaching. Um, those two, I think, had the greatest impact on me, just seeing what 
what uh, is capable and just creating that sense of wonder and adding humor into their lessons. And I, when I was in that, those two rooms, I just never felt like, I never felt like I could do any wrong. I was always so comfortable in those environments and could push myself and, um, you know, could be, could be who I wanted to be and be who I was. Yeah. And with me, um, yeah, there's always many that inspire you. And and for me, it was, I remember my, my seventh grade art teacher, uh, Tom Lytle over at Churchill Middle School in in Galesburg. Um, I remember sitting in that class going, you know, I want to be a seventh grade art teacher. He, he was that magic one for me. And because he was always so, so excited about the the projects and the materials he was using. He was a student as he was a teacher with us students. And so that, that inspired me greatly. And my, uh, my high school art teacher, Chris Dacalasa was just so supportive and you never felt like any mistake. You ever were able to make a mistake. Everything was a happy oops with her. Mm-hmm. And then of course my, um, my high school band teacher, Darren Hicks, I mean, he was, uh, he taught me the rigor I needed to learn things like on time is late and, and <laughs> he kept me organized and I got I to wish, work with large groups of people. I don't think I people. learned that lesson, unfortunately. <laughs> either. So yeah, so I, I, I too have had a lot that have touched me and really helped me in that creative realm to be who I am today. Mm-hmm. Logan Hamilton and Nicole Walsh from the Geneseo, Illinois School District. Thank, thank you so much for talking today and for your work developing our young future artists. Thank you oh, for thank having you. us. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal.